In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. In chapter 11, from the Gospel of St. Luke, our Lord Jesus Christ was invited to dine at the home of a Pharisee. And knowing the critical thoughts of the Pharisee and the other people who were invited also, our Lord Jesus Christ used the occasion to deliver six condemnations on the spiritual condition of the Pharisees and scribes. And at the end of the Lord's condemnation of the Pharisees and scribes, instead of repenting and returning back to the Lord, they became very angry and became more determined to find evidence to get rid of the Lord Jesus Christ and to kill him. After this, the Lord left the house of the Pharisee and he proceeded to speak to his disciples and the crowd that has gathered. And chapter 12 is the beginning of one continuous discourse delivered by our Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples in which the focus is on trust in God and courage when we face crisis in our life. The outline of chapter 12 from verse 1 to 3, beware of hypocrisy. From verse 4 to 7, Jesus teaches the fear of God. From 8 to 12, confess Christ before men. From 13 to 21, the parable of the rich fool man. From 22 to 34, do not worry. From 35 to 48, the faithful servant and the evil servant. From 49 to 53, the mission of the Lord causes a division. And from 54 to 59, the spirit of discernment. So we'll start from verse 1. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together, so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So St. Luke began chapter 12 by linking the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ to the events at the banquet at the Pharisee house. And the judgment of the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. How he linked 
because he started the chapter by the word meanwhile. Meanwhile, literally, in the Greek text, means at that time. So at that time, after he left the house of the Pharisee, many, many people, innumerable multitude, gathered together to listen to the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord here, the characteristic of the Pharisee and the scribe, according to the Lord, their main issue was hypocrisy. So the word hypocrisy is considered a brief summary of his accusation against them in chapter 11. St. Luke referred to the crowd innumerable multitude. So the crowd were so large to the extent they trampled over one another and possibly they injured some of them. And here the Lord Jesus Christ spoke primarily to his disciples, but also to everybody attending, warning them against the great danger of hypocrisy. And he likened hypocrisy like heaven, sorry, leaven. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisee, which is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is expressed in the life of the Pharisees as well as in their doctrine. What do I mean by this? In their life, they have outwardly life, they appear righteous, but from within, they were not righteous. They were ungodly. That's in their lives. In their doctrines, they placed on the people very strict restrictions to show them that they are righteous and burdened the people with so many burdens as the Lord told them, you cannot even move them with your hand. So they burdened the people although they could not move these burdens. So it is very suitably to compare hypocrisy in doctrine and manners to leaven. Because leaven at first is small and little, but gradually the leaven increases and spreads itself. The leaven is hidden uncovered and is not easily detected or discerned nor its influence and effects are observed but in time the living affect the whole lump in the same way hypocrisy is hidden and you cannot see it, but it infects and corrupts the whole men's principle and practices and puffs them up with vain glory and pride and arrogance.
So when our Lord said to the disciples, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, he meant not only to watch lest they are infected by hypocrisy, but also that they should not allow the hypocrisy of others affect them. They should not allow the false claims of the hypocrites, these deceitful people, to affect them. But I want to bring to your uh, intention, at, to your attention, that in the scripture, living is used as both a positive and negative example. For example, in the Old Testament, living the bread was permitted to be eaten in the communal meal of thanksgiving offering, as we read in Leviticus chapter 7, verse 13. And also for the first fruits of the wheat harvest, as we read in Leviticus 23, 17. Also, our Lord Jesus Christ used the leaven as a positive example in his teaching on the growth of the kingdom, as we read in Matthew 13, 33. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, hidden in three measures of wheat. So these are examples of positive use of leaven. But also leaven is used as negative example. Like in this passage, beware of the leaven of hypocrisy, of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Also, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 to 8, St. Paul teaches that Christ, the true Passover lamb, destroyed the old leaven of sin and makes a holy life of which the unleavened bread is the symbol. The rejection of leaven as a symbol for sin is found also in the Old Testament. For example, in the Passover celebration, the leavened bread was prohibited. And there was a feast called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Also, the sacrifices that are burned on the holy altar of God, they could not offer these sacrifices with leaven, as we read in Leviticus chapter 2, verse 4. So, in the negative use of leaven, Leaven was viewed as a sign of the corrupting influence of evil on human nature. It's a symbol of sin which can easily multiply and spread through God's holy community. Then the Lord said in verse 2, For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known. So 
if the living is covered and hidden and people cannot detect it, but for God, nothing is hidden or uh, covered. Nothing can be hidden from God. And in the end, in the day of the divine judgment, what was attempted to be kept hidden will come to light. The art of being a hypocrite depends on concealment. But one day, in the judgment day, everything will be revealed. We can only be hypocrites before men, but never before God. That's why in verse 3 he said, Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. So how can apply this teaching to our practice of the sacrament of confession? We should actually be transparent and honest in our confessions because since nothing can be hidden from God we might as well reveal all our sins here without reservation to be forgiven and to be erased completely one of the church fathers his name father Theophilactius says he made a comment on verse 3 that the Lord Jesus Christ addressed the Pharisee as if telling them you Pharisee what you speak of in the dark that is all your effort to test me in the hiding places of the hearts is heard in the light because I am God the light by my light the deceit of your darkness will be uncovered what you speak of in the ears and bedrooms that is what you whisper in each other's ear will be declared on the housetops for it is heard by me as someone crying out loud on the housetop. Also, light could mean the gospel. Housetops also could mean the gospel. Housetop could mean the high spirits of the disciples, those who reached a high spiritual level. So what the Pharisees have plotted together will be called and would be revealed through the light of the gospel. The light of the gospel will reveal the hypocrisy and the deceitfulness of the Pharisees. And also 
their hypocrisy will be revealed how stops the high spirituality of the disciples who are led by the Holy Spirit. So by the means of the great preacher, the Holy Spirit, who reigns over the high souls of the disciples. Verse 4. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. The Lord told them, beware of the living of the Pharisees. So he warned them again in the Pharisees. But the Pharisees plotted to kill the Lord Jesus Christ. And as they plotted to kill the Lord Jesus Christ, they also plot to kill his followers. That's why the Lord told him, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And here the Lord addressed his disciples, my friends. And he is counseling them to be fearless in conduct when faced with persecution from the Pharisees or in general, even if their persecution will lead to martyrdom. So, he asked them to beware of the Pharisees, but also he told them, don't be afraid of them. He would have them, he wanted to, to, to have his disciples know the hypocrisy of the Pharisee and to avoid their hypocrisy and guard themselves again in the hypocrisy, but not to fear them. The worst they could do unto us is to kill the body. They have no control over our eternity. So, we should not be afraid of those who may kill us for our faith in Christ. Because at the time of our martyrdom, our souls will be immediately joyful in the enjoyment and vision of God in the paradise of joy. The Lord spoke to the disciples about his crucifixion and now he is speaking about their martyrdom. And as all of you know, that the twelve, except John the Beloved, all of them became martyrs later on. So the Lord, he knew about his own coming suffering as well as their own coming martyrdom. Physical death cannot and will not separate us from the love of God. But what would separate us from the love of God is the spiritual death. Because the spiritual death will lead to hell. Eternally, we will be separated from God. 
That's why he told them in verse 4, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do, but I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. So rather than fearing man, they should fear offending God who has the power over eternal life and death. Then God, starting from verse 6, He gives them many reasons why they should not be fearful. The first reason in verse 6, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coin, and not one of them is forgotten before God? If five sparrows are sold for two copper coins, so this means with one copper coin, you will get two sparrows. With two copper coins, you will get four sparrows. But if you are going to purchase four sparrows for by two copper coin, you will get one for free. So there is one has no price has no value. They will give this sparrow for you, to you for free. But even this sparrow that has no value in the sight of the people is not forgotten before God. So the Lord is saying here, if this sparrow that has no value is not forgotten before God, do you think that God will forget you? Don't lose heart. Then he gave us another beautiful example in verse 7. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't fear therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Nobody can number the hair of his head. In another gospel, he said, not one single hair will fall down without permission from God. So there are few things that we don't pay attention to them. But even God, but even these little and trivial things are cared for by God. So, don't believe that God will forget you. The Lord Jesus Christ is assuring every believer that our life is more precious and remembered before God. If he cares about the sparrows, if he cares about the number of the hair of our head and not one single hair will fall down without his permission, definitely your life is not forgotten before God. God knows all about you 
and he cares about you. He purchased you with his own blood. He purchased you with his own blood. You are very, vali very valuable in his own sight. So, nothing such as persecution or suffering or even death can happen without the consent of God. This thought will surely give us courage to endure. So when the Lord asked it in, in his church of the new flock not to carry the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, and not to be from the outside other than the inside, the Lord then asked the church to be conducted in the fear of God only without fearing people. Walk in the fear of God. Those who fear God will not fear the people or ask for their approval or ask for their praise. They will not ask for any reward or fear any punishment. So the Lord here comforted the believers, the faithful, explaining that suffering Christian will be given reward of faithfulness and honor before the throne of God. That's why he said in verse 8, Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man also will confess before the angels of God. When we remain faithful to God and confess Him and confess our faith and defend our faith, God will actually confess us before the angels in the last day. The church gave the title of confessors to those who endured suffering for the Lord, yet were spared death. But these confessors will receive a special honor. As there was an honorable reward for the faithful, also there is a terrible penalty for the unfaithful. The Lord said in verse 9, But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. They would be denied and disgraced before the throne of God. If they deny him before men, so this means God wants us to publicly declare our faithfulness to him. But for some, this is the most difficult thing of all. And usually it is difficult because of the fear of men. People, when there is persecution, because they fear men, Sometimes they are quick to deny their faith. 
And this is what the Lord actually warned us not to deny our faith. Persecution not necessarily in the form of uh, suffering and martyrdom. Persecution can, can be like they want to twist the teaching of the scripture. And when we are faithful to the teaching of the scripture, they will call us extremists. And they will call us, we have no tolerance. And we have no unconditional love. All this can be kind of persecution toward the faithful. So, here either to confess the Lord or to deny the Lord before men. And it can come in different ways, not necessarily as persecution and martyrdom. But we will have opportunity or we will be tested either to confess or to deny our faith. That's why it is helpful to determine right now in your heart and in your mind what you are going to do when this test to confess your faith, what are you going to do? So here the Lord is giving us a choice. A choice to be with him or against him. A choice to confess him or to deny him. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord of eternal life. So he has full right to pass judgment on the works and hearts of those who belong to him. Those who confess their faith in him and accept him as their personal redeemer, they will be rewarded with eternal life. But those who deny him, they will not have this reward. In his first coming, he did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. However, in the second coming, he is coming to judge the world. Those who rejected the grace of God here on earth, they actually condemned themselves by rejecting Christ and reject, rejecting the spirit of love and grace. We know from the scripture that there is no limit for his mercy. So when we return back to him, God will accept us no matter what. But if we insist on denying him and denying his grace, then he will deny these people also. That's why in verse 10 he said, And anyone who speaks a word again of the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. This unlimited mercy, unlimited mercy, but to him who blasphemes again in the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. 
Many people ask, number one, what is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? And number two, we know that the Son and the Holy Spirit are equal. So why, if you blaspheme against the Son, you will be forgiven, but if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, you will not be forgiven. In simple words, blasphemy means to reject the work of so blasphemy of the Son, rejecting the work of the Son in your life. Blasphemy again the Holy Spirit, rejecting the word of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Then the question: why if reject the work of the Son in my life, it will be forgiven? But if a person rejected the work of the Holy Spirit, will not be forgiven. It has nothing to do with the essence of these two hypostases. But it has to do with the, their function in our life, their work in our life. So, if anyone stubbornly refuses to accept his mercy and insists not to repent, and to reject the forgiveness of God and the grace offered to us by the work of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the one who forgives our sin, who leads us to repent, who leads us to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So rejecting the work of the Holy Spirit means I am rejecting to believe that Jesus is the Savior. I will not repent. I will not accept the forgiveness of the Holy Spirit. So, if I sin again in the Son, the Holy Spirit will lead me to repentance. But if I reject the Holy Spirit, again in the Holy Spirit, who will lead me? Who will lead me to repentance? So, the blasphemy again in the Holy Spirit means deliberate rejection of the gift of salvation up to and including the end of one's life on earth. So, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit means the person rejects the work of the Holy Spirit all his life until he dies. Then, this person will lose his eternal salvation. The main work of the Holy Spirit is to testify of Jesus. So when we reject the testimony of the Holy Spirit about the Lord Jesus Christ, this person actually is calling the Holy Spirit a liar. I am not accepting, I'm not believing the testimony of the Holy Spirit about the Lord Jesus Christ. So this person is calling the Holy Spirit a liar to his testimony about Jesus Christ. That's why the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. Not because it is a sin too big for God to forgive, but because it is an attitude of heart that cares nothing for the forgiveness of God. It never has forgiveness 
because it never wants to accept the forgiveness of God. In the beginning of this chapter, we read that Jesus was very popular. Innumerable multitude gathered around him to the extent they trampled over one another. So the Lord said this when he was very popular. Yet the Lord Jesus Christ knew that being regarded as popular was not the same as truly being confessed as trusted. So many people follow him, but at the time of tribulation, are we going to be steadfast and confess him and trust him or not? That's why he called his hearers to make a choice, to deny him or to to confess him. But he warned us against making the wrong choice. Verse 11. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour, what you ought to say. So, the Lord Jesus Christ warned them that men would persecute them in civic courts, magistrates, and also religious places, synagogues. So people may persecute us and drag us into either civil courts or religious places, or both. The Lord Jesus Christ spoke these words to men who would face this exact challenge. And many, many people, since the Lord spoke these words until today, they are facing this challenge. But all these people received the grace of God when they were dragged into the courts. And the disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ trusted God in such moments when they dragged them to the courts as we read in the book of Acts and in the letters of St. Paul. And St. Paul one time said, In my first defense, nobody came with me. But the Holy Spirit empowered me and delivered me from the mouth of the lion. The lion is Nero, the Roman emperor. So we should know that the Holy Spirit will speak through us even if we are not skillful in words, if we are not eloquent. It is the promise of God that when a man is on trial for his faith, the Holy Spirit will guide him. 
the Lord Jesus had just taught us on our great value to God and on the importance of standing for Him, then He will not let us down. Uh, so He promised us, don't worry at this moment if they drag you into courts because at this very hour, the Holy Spirit will teach you what you ought to say. So let's stop at verse 12 from Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 12. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.